Hello, everybody. We're going to um, jump into our discussion for the day. This is our seventh day of doing these daily live streams. And what you're going to notice now is we're going to not only move from the more esoteric topics that we were talking about in the previous discussions, but we're going to get into more meat and potatoes of the specific things that I see leaders struggle with time and time again when I'm helping them either within their organization or on a one-on-one basis. Today, we're going to be talking about delegation and how you shift from actually doing the work to actually being a leader and leading the work. The reason why you've risen to the level that you have in leadership, we've already talked about this. Yes, it can be based on your past performance and getting to the point where you are now. But the kiss of death for most leaders is that they rely on all of this past experience to carry them through, which is often task oriented, especially if you've had to hustle or, you know, work in a fast paced environment to get to where you are now. So, Focusing or leaning on that past performance is okay. However, the real reason and the real purpose for your leadership right now currently is because you should be focusing on higher value activities as well as team development. That is your primary role as a leader. Many leaders that I come in contact with, as well as even team members, that these leaders lead, they make the mistake of thinking that if the leader is always jumping in there and helping the team and being totally hands-on, that they are a good leader. And while, of course, we are going to have to jump in from time to time and be more hands-on, that is not what you were hired for. That is not why you rose to the level of a leader. And that is not your primary um, job description as a leader. At that point, if you are spending your day being totally hands-on and not working on those higher value activities and team development that I spoke of, then you're really not being a leader, right? You're a peer of the team members that you're supposed to be leading because you all spend the majority of your time working hands-on doing the same thing. They don't have a leader. They have a peer. You have things that you are accountable for that only you can do, and that is the essence of You being in a leadership position, no matter if it's in your organization, you have your own company, you're an entrepreneur, et cetera. That is why you are in a leadership position. So you need to understand that you cannot and should not be in the trenches all the time doing everything. And in today's discussion, I'll help you understand why that is. But before we jump in, I am Yashika. I am the founder and CEO of the Lynn Group, and my mission is to help leaders lead with impact and do it in a way that doesn't cause you stress and burnout. Um, and not only do I do that on an individual basis within the company, as a company, we lend our expertise to top healthcare organizations all around the world when it comes to leadership development or helping them strategize um, operational efficiencies within their organization. So let's get back to delegation. All right. So I want us to understand truly what delegation is, because a lot of people, I don't think, understand what it is first and foremost. And that's why you get it wrong. And if you've been burned in the past, this is probably why you've been burned in the past. So delegation often involves signing 
assigning tasks to other members of your team that have the appropriate skill level to take responsibility for the tasks that you assign. And you want to make sure when you're doing this, you're doing it at the highest scope of the person's capabilities to do so. So that's the first thing. But it's just assigning tasks, usually. The key here is that you are assigning responsibility for some of those tasks. So it means that if you tell somebody on your team what to do, yes, they're responsible for doing what it is that you delegated to them. However, you need to understand that you maintain accountability as you are ultimately the one that has to speak to the outcomes. Someone may have to answer to the task. The person you assign the task may have to answer to you or explain themselves if the task goes awry, but you have to answer to the outcomes of a situation. That is why you are the leader. So you have to understand this when you're delegating. You have to answer to the overall results. And that's what makes leadership so challenging, particularly if you are leading during challenging circumstances. Some people are really scared to let other people be responsible for certain things because they think that um, they're scared of the repercussions of what that could bring because you really don't have control over a lot of that, right? And you still are held accountable, but I'm going to give you some tips to help you do this effectively. Also understand that delegating is necessary within a team. You're not a hero. You're not um, carrying the team by doing things that you shouldn't be doing because delegation and it empowers your team. It builds trust within your team and it assists with professional citizens with professional development not only for yourself but also for the members of your team and then for you in particular it will help you get to know your team better and help you learn how to identify get to know people on a more intimate level to see who is best suited to tackle tasks and projects so that you all start to work better and more efficiently because you start to know them, you know who can do what, who can do what faster, better. You can be freed up to do the things that you need to do. And do you see how that becomes a well-oiled machine if you just take the time to learn how to delegate? Also, um, empowering your team members, building trust within your team and assisting them to develop, develop professionally, it also strengthens your team and it increases their commitment and engagement into your department, organization, company, whatever it may be. Delegation is also a clear sign of respect. It shows that you can trust the people that you lead and you trust their discretion. And when people feel trusted and when they feel respected, they have a higher level of commitment, especially let's say maybe not to the organization, maybe not to the mission and the vision, but because you are a good leader and they trust you, they have a commitment to you. And we've seen that time and time again. There are crappy work situations where you have this one department with this very strong leader, and it doesn't matter if the sky is falling down. These team members are committed to their department because they're actually committed to the leader of the department and they believe in the leader. Uh, there are many reasons why leaders don't delegate. Um, 
maybe it kind of makes you nervous to have to walk up to somebody and um, put more work on their plate because that conversation is just a literally, it's not a very comfortable conversation for a lot of people to have. Or you could think that maybe you're piling work on their plate or a lot of leaders have personal issues with um, letting go. Um, they want to be in control of everything all the time. Or let's see, maybe on your team, uh, you're a leader, of course, right? So maybe you feel like because you're more proficient, you know that you can do it faster. Now, this I want to tell you is the biggest crock of <laughs> that I've ever heard. Um, if you're able to slow down, your team will ultimately be more efficient if you can teach them what you know. Anytime I'm going into an organization, one of the number one things I spot, especially if they've been given more resources because they think that they're drowning, is that they're not really working together efficiently. And I always say that sometimes you need to slow down as a team to go faster, to get better, because while you may have to step back and spend hours and weeks teaching a task, eventually as that team member catches up to speed, you end up gaining that time back and more. And what it does is it frees you up to do the things that you should be doing. And it also, again, benefits the emotional satisfaction of the team, like I spoke about a couple minutes ago. And then also, here's another big crock of, <laughs> um, you, you probably know that you can do it better, or, or you, I'm going to say you know that you could do it better. What has been found is that there are, um, this is research driven, right? We're going to do evidence-based. So even if you think, no, I, I do no more. What, it, what has been shown is that there are two things that happen in leadership that actually hinder the team when the leader is not delegating because they know how to do it better. And the number one thing is called the self-enhancement effect. And what that is, is the leader's tendency to evaluate a work product more highly if the leader is involved in the process. So you actually think that because you're in it and you're contributing, that it's better than if you had not been in it. And, and research shows that the self-enhancement effect is often just not true. It's more of a bias. Bias, biases. I don't know how to say that word. All right. <clears throat> and then the second one is called the faith and supervision effect. And this is when people, leaders have the tendency to think work performed under, excuse me, not the leaders, the faith and supervision effect. So the self-enhancement says the leader thinks that when they're involved, it was more productive. It was a better product, a better outcome. And then the faith and supervision effect is when people have the tendency to think that if they're performing work under a supervisor, that it turns out better than if the leader wasn't there. Both of these have been proven time and time again to not necessarily be true. They are called biases and you need to understand that if you think that because you know how to do it better, things are going to turn out better, you're oftentimes not right. Oftentimes you, you are a hindrance in the process and the progression of your team. Uh, let's see. Also, don't make the mistake of thinking you're delegating and then uh, being a micromanager as well, because that also can tear down the morale of a team. But that is a totally different story. So. 
having a problem with delegating causes steep consequences for you. And we talked about a lot of them in our first live stream when we talked about burnout, um, stress, um, uh, your emotional well-being, burnout, exhaustion, depression, um, eating up your family time so you don't have work-life balance. All of those things contribute to you ultimately not being able to be there for the long haul as a leader within your organization, company, whatever. So what can you do about it? How do you delegate? In a second, I'm going to share some tips from the Harvard Business School that work well for my clients and myself when we put them into practice. But first, I want you to understand that in order to delegate, you need to understand what is appropriate to get delegate. And so first, what you should do is kind of take an audit of your day of your week to see which tasks are appropriate to delegate and which ones are things that only you can do. So for instance, are there parts of a project that you could break out and delegate to other team members? Or do you do things that you could easily teach someone else how to do, even if you have to slow down to go faster or to do things better? <laughs> Um, is there something that you aren't good at that you could get help with? Uh, or are you in a position to do, um, are you in a position where you could ask for help or ask for an assistant or hire an assistant to help with all of the above, right? So think about ways that you can start to audit what you're doing so that you can see what is appropriate to delegate. And a mistake that I see quite a bit is, okay, I don't have time to slow down. I know I can do this better. So I'm just going to give them the easy stuff. I'm just going to give them the admin tasks. Don't do that. <laughs> um, making the mistake of giving out admin tasks that anyone could do, um, it actually does the reverse of what I said with the empowerment, respect, and the satisfaction levels. Your team is more capable than you think when you empower them and you teach them and you guide and you coach and you mentor and then you step out of their way. They're able to pull off amazing ideas and tasks and sometimes giving them a bit more challenging tasks is the thing that provides them with that growth and that increased satisfaction in their job and in um, your company or your organization. So here we go. Here, here are some tips that I want to give you. You need to know when to delegate and what to delegate, because like I just said, not every task can be delegated. And when you are delegating, remember I said something, especially in healthcare, we know about the scope of practice. The providers that have the biggest issue with scope of practice are, I've seen, are doctors, um, um, and like P PAs, that type of a career, that type of a leader, they often work so side by side with, let's say, like an MA or something like that, that they don't understand that the things that they're telling them to do are actually legally not within their scope. So you need to know what to delegate because not every task can be delegated. And you also need to, again, get to know your team so you can play to their strengths and goals, what they want to achieve in their time in your company, in your department that they want to work toward so that some of the things that you're delegating could be opportunities of growth for them. The other thing that you'd want to do is define the desired income, not income, 
<laughs> define the desire outcome. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, so <laughs> define the desire outcome. You can't just give somebody uh, work because that's not delegating. When you hand something off, you need to give them context, instructions, let them know the why behind what they're doing. Um, you also need to provide them with the right resources and the right level of authority. Maybe they need training or resources, or they need permission to be able to have access to certain tools that they may not have access to, to be able to complete an assigned project. And you as a leader should be doing that for them so that they can be successful. Of course, delegation is going to require clear communication channels. So again, I've already spoke about avoiding mis micromanaging, um, you know, checking in on them, hovering over them, helicoptering, that type of thing. You want to avoid that, but you do need to establish a communication channel so that the person that you've delegated to feels comfortable asking questions and you guys have uh, times where you are coming together for progress updates. That feels a whole lot more comfortable establishing that up front than checking on people every five minutes to see if they're doing it, how you wanted to do it, when you say you wanted to do it, all of the things. Uh, you also have to understand that you, you're going to have to allow for failure, right? Because some of this delegation type stuff is new. A lot of leaders just don't do this well. So the team members that you're working with may not have had a leader that delegates effectively, and you yourself may not have ever delegated effectively. So you need to allow for failure. And it's particularly important for us leaders because uh, we tend to be more of a type A or more of a perfectionist type of person. And we don't want to delegate because we think that if it's not done the way that we want it, it's not going to get done. And so you do have to allow for failure. It's not because it's guaranteed that your team members are going to fail, but it's because they're learning, they're growing, and you have to enable this um, spirit of experimentation and empower people to, to take their own approaches and add their own um education and experience into what they're doing. And through that experimentation, you may find that some things turn out better than you thought, but some things may end up being failures, right? So also be patient. We're leaders, right? We have maybe more experience than the people that we're leading. And there's some things that we maybe could do a little bit faster, or maybe we can do better. Um, and you shouldn't not delegate just because of those things. And I already talked about this, but think back to a time when you had to first do whatever it is that you're delegating. You didn't do it as fast as you do it now. You didn't know as much as you know now. And so be patient as they get up to speed, as they learn new skills, and as they continue to grow and progress. And as you continue to delegate, your team members are going to become more familiar with the tasks that need to be completed. And like I said, what you'll notice is that over time, things will be done faster and probably even better because you have more insight than just you doing everything yourself. This is part of um, the open communication. You need to deliver um, and ask for feedback and all of that. So like I said, there is a monitoring 
process that you and the person you delegated to should put into place. You should deliver feedback after the tasks are complete as well. Not only feedback if things didn't go well, but also feedback if things went positively. Show your appreciation if something is done well. And if you happen to get credit for something being done well, make sure that you Shout out the team member that helped um, because recognizing that success is not only the right thing to do, but it also, again, makes people more engaged, more emotionally satisfied to be working with you as their leader. All right. So that is our big juicy topic for today about delegation and doing the work, not being so good and needing to shift into leading the work. So I would like to hear your thoughts and your comments that you have related to today's topic. And please, if you like what you hear, like what you heard, make sure that you spread the word. Because as leaders in healthcare, we don't get taught this type of stuff, but it's absolutely what we need to be successful and doing it in a way that's less stressful. Make sure you come back tomorrow for the daily live stream, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you want more tips and tricks, we do have an ebook. And it's called the top five mistakes that leaders in healthcare make and what to do about it. And if you want to get a copy, it's free. If you want to get a copy of that ebook, then text the word leadership to 833-231-4407. And then I'll go ahead and put that on the screen really quickly. For those of you that are more visual, text the word leadership to 833-231-4407. For 407 for the free ebook, and you'll also get text reminders about when we go live. Tomorrow's topic is going to be all about how to engage your team to work together. We all know <laughs> trying to get people all together working in the same direction is one of the most challenging things about being a leader. So, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I will see you all then. All right, take care. Bye. <laughs>